Yes, it is being recorded. That voice just grinds, man. Yeah. For anyone listening on the podcast, if you've been on Zoom lately and press record, it's a very annoying woman's voice that tells you that the meeting is being recorded. We don't like her. It's nothing personal. We just don't like her. Do you know what I mean? It's absolutely personal. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, Matthew. I hope you're well, mate. Good morning, Matt. Who else is joining us? Right, ladies and gents, it's the weekly Q&A. We didn't put one on last week, did we? Blame them because it sounded like you were about to go six foot under, really, because you were yeah. that ill. You were really ill, weren't you, at this point last week? But it's good to uh, see you looking and feeling better, Nicholas. Thank you, Hey. Hey. Possibly the nicest thing you've ever said to me. It probably is the nicest thing I've ever said. One minute, I thought the Rona was going to kill you. Mm. Um, right, ladies and gents, Q&A tings. Q&A tings. Um, Morning, Gemma. Hello, Gemma. Um, right then, right then, right then. Should we start, Nick? Should we start? Mm, yeah, go on then, might as well. Who's going with Michelle's really long question? Uh, I'll ask. Go on then. What do you do with clients? I have two in particular that every single day I have to chase them up to send me their food diaries as a part of the daily accountability. It's been made clear at the start about their role, had a couple of reminders about it, and yet still doesn't change. It frustrates the shit out of me. Uh, there is a daily reminder of all clients that goes into goes in my members group hub to send through their agreed daily accountability, which is supposed to be done by the end of each day. As I allocate my schedule to go through them, all first thing in the mornings, should I continue to chase them or do I leave it and put the responsibility back on them? I just worry if I leave it, things spiral and part of my service is the daily accountability, which the rest of my clients love. Okay, so I think there's two parts to my answer here. I think the first one is when you're in a group programme and there's an element of tell with it, you're always going to have people who can't deal with that and keep up with it and potentially they're um, not fully ready to change, right? And there's different reasons for that. One of them might be because it's a lower price point, so it's not they've not had loads of skin in the game, so it's not impacted them that much, so they don't see how important it is. So you need to, in my opinion, you need to just be self-aware of that and hopefully it'll make you feel a little bit better and the fact that not everyone in a group programme where you're telling and dictating certain methods um, is going to be able to to keep up with them and there's that element of when you are running a group program probably yes we want everyone to be accountable we have to be sometimes just accepted like that they're not going to be now the second part of this is and it very much depends on how much because it's a group program how much you want to get involved on an individual basis because for me the the natural kind of fix there is to to just ask them like, if this isn't working for you, what do you feel would work for you to help you stay accountable? Now, daily accountability is difficult, especially, like, I think I'd struggle with that, um, with how busy life is, kids is, family is, all of that type of stuff. So it is, it can be quite difficult. Um, and I know that personal trainers and coaches listen to this, but like, well, if they wanted to change, it's not that difficult. I get that. But that's where the motivation, obviously, they're motivated at the start. And then gradually over time, it starts to dip out and it's a natural human behavior. So I suppose just summarizing two, these two things that we need to think about is that 
from a, a group program, there's going to have to be a level of acceptance on. You know, everyone's going to adhere to what you tell them to do. And then therefore, if you want to get more involved, that depends on you and from an individual level, um, then ask them, what do you feel would be beneficial for you to, to stay accountable? Because the other guys seem to be okay with it, but I understand that life can get in the way, X, Y, Z. And I know, Michelle, it's pissing you off, but it's one of them where it's Nick's famous, Nick's famous quote, isn't it? Um, don't get furious, get curious, ask questions. So basically ask them more questions of how you could help with what it is that they're struggling with. Um, so yeah, they would be my answers for something like that. I get it's frustrating though. I've been there in a group program before. It makes you doubt your delivery, but always remember there's an element of dictate and tell that you're currently doing. So for some people that just, it, there'll just be a breakdown of that. Anything you'd add, Nick? Mm, no, uh, the only thing I'd add is is be open to scaling it back a little bit, like you mentioned. Um, yeah, there's two things, either too hard for them to do, i.e., like you said, a, a distraction getting in the way, not on a routine of it, it hasn't become a habit. Um, so regressing that back, making like dead easy, maybe it's maybe instead of writing or filling in a food diary, maybe it's pictures, maybe it's um, a compliance rating of some sort. Yeah, be open to scaling it back, I would say. Um, but well done on the leads, bloody hell. I'm looking at your check. Yeah. You've done really well with the leads that you're getting for this, so fair play to you. And another two clients a week, that's class. Well done. Right. No, I've got to go all the way down here for this one. No one's asking questions. Um, okay. Looking to do seminars in the gym, but how do I make calorie counting and weight loss tips sound exciting to get them to actually come? I don't want it to sound the same as every other PT. Um, I think, you know, gosh, I definitely think with a seminar or a workshop, you've got to you've got to make it exciting, even if it's, you know, um, as an example, I used to run these weekly on the ships to generate business, and we used to have very clickbaity type titles like Eat "more to weigh less" and "detox for weight loss," and um, but it 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 speaks a bit like they completely get what it what it is from those kind of titles and it speaks their language so I definitely th feel if you did like okay so as a practical example um, you know doing some market research having those questions about how they you know describe your goal uh, describe the challenge you're facing and you can pick out some really key words out of that and use that in in kind of your, your title of of the of the seminar. I think I think you've got to meet the market where it's at with this, even though you may be talking about counting calories or or whatever. You know, it's marketing, you've got to make it exciting, you've got to make it interesting, you've got to make it intriguing. So a lot of the time that might come down to being a bit clickbaity, but that doesn't matter. 
as long as you're delivering on it. Um, so yeah, I, actual points off that, I would say, you know, um, use the current clients you've got, do a little bit of a, a survey or a conversation, asking them <coughs> how they would describe their, their goal, um, how they describe their challenges, what would they like to know the more, like more or, or the most, and, and just take those bits and then see what comes back and, and create something that's gonna be intriguing and exciting. Um, so yeah, I would say that. Any tip on educating Gen Pop on what online coaching is all about and how it's going to benefit them, other than the usual talking about it on social media, posts, videos, social proof. I am wondering if there are other angles I should try as I don't appeal to a lot of my current social media audience. Right, this is a really good question because, um, yeah, it's just a really good question. Like, obviously, the way a lot of PTs see it is that it's completely, the way you market products are completely different. And I think if we were talking about a group program here, you'd have to define that message really, really clear and make it obviously different than the message that you would try and attract one-to-one PT. But the difference with selling online coaching and selling say one-to-one -one personal training is is if the audience is the same the message is more or less the same i think it's just us as an industry and us as personal trainers sometimes are very very conscious of the two different products so then we feel like we have to market like completely differently when from my experience we don't we still have to market the same to the demographic to what they struggle with their pain points triggers fears the objections that you might face, the barriers that they might face, why they want to change. Like all of that is the same. Now, if you couple that with some social proof, like you've already said, um, and leading into, so say, for example, you've talked about a topic on accountability and you've talked about how one of your clients struggled with that initially. And one of the things that you come into when they come into the business aligned with, with what one of the features was the check-in and walk them through. And that's a post. Um, then you've took them through an insight into what coaching is, right? And I want you to kind of hold on that. Like, essentially, all you're trying to do is market to people to get them to, you're marketing to people consistently to get them to basically raise their hands and go, yep, I need your help. Now, in what capacity is very much dependent on all of the different variables, like training age, their confidence, their competence, all of that type of stuff. But I don't think personally people's message needs to change dramatically between the message of one-to-one -one PT and the message of online coaching. It's how you onboard them people and then go, right, this, this is the service that I deliver. Do I think this client is capable enough or not? So I suppose my answer to the question is like, there's not much more that you can do as long as you are consistently targeting the demographic with triggers, pain points, all of that stuff that I've just gone through. Um, leading off the back of, them frustrations and all of that with great decent posts that leads into a call to action into you an application of what online coaching is and all of that type of stuff maybe having a bit of a mini landing page where it tells people like observe don't they if they're interested they'll click a link they'll go on and start to see and understand it more maybe that can tell them a little bit more about it in regards to your messaging for social media i personally don't feel that it needs to be completely different um you just have to be relentlessly consistent with putting stuff out as much as you can that meets your demographic where they're at 
leads them into that call to action from on, from an online coaching perspective. Um, so yeah, that would be my advice, mate. Um, Nick, anything you'd add to that? No, I think I'd massively agree. Like you're selling the results at the end of the day. I think that's the biggest thing to take away. And if people get results, whether they're seeing you face to face or whether they're seeing you online or whether it's a combination of the two or in or whatever, it's still the end goal. The end goal for them hasn't changed. Um, so if you can sell the results, if you can put your personality across, if you can generate that trust consistently, um, intrigue people to want to work with you, and essentially you're just meeting the needs of that person when they actually, as Ant said, are onboarded and you're kind of recommending the best option forward for them. So um, no, no, I don't, you know, I really don't think it's, yeah, I really don't like take away online coaching, take away online and just leave coaching there, whether it's face to face in front of it, hybrid in front of it, small group online, it, it, it's still coaching. You still, they're still got the same goal. So yeah, I would say double down on that. Just let me add to this as well, is that try not to make an assumption that people in your current audience uh, are not interested in online coaching because rewind 15, 18 months ago, no one had a clue what online coaching was. Like, no one knew at all. Now, people's version of if they do know what online coaching is now is probably Zoom coaching, right? So as long as your message is consistent, you're giving people insight into the business where you're aligning what your current clients are doing and how they're doing it and giving people that insight, that's really important. Couple that with constant, constantly Call, like calls to action of telling people where to go and what to do like that's going to minimize your assumption because you're going to get more leads like the thing with personal trainers when it, they they change to a different product and i'm not saying that you do this at all is that they make this assumption that not people aren't interested in that product or people aren't interested in personal training off the back of consistent posting but they've not asked the pts have not asked them for the business or they've not told them where to go so if you can do that as consistent as possible, coupled with the consistent organic, like the content that you're putting out, you're going to get more people kind of putting their hands up to, to get you to help. In, it doesn't matter in what capacity to them. They just want you to help. So, yeah, I just thought I'd stress that point. Next one. Do you think £150 a month for online coaching, including monthly reviews, is too cheap? very subjective this question um i definitely think it's on the lower end i do definitely think it's on the lower end um i i think it all depends on there's two things right <coughs> time you invest into that that person and the results it gives people if it's giving phenomenal results 
then the value on that service becomes higher. If you're investing more time into that person, then your time equals money. So those are the two kind of defining factors that I would I would I would start to think about. Um, is 150 pound too cheap? No, but it's probably like the the floor of online coaching in my in my personal opinion. Um, if you're asking that question, I think you may be thinking it might be. So I would, uh, yeah, review what time you put into people in regards to the programming, the support, the accountability, the check-ins, the reviews, the nutrition side of things. Review that. Um, review that against, obviously, your, your average hourly rate that you, you do for coaching. Um, look at the results it's delivering and then just have a kind of perspective and overview of, uh, of does that kind of align up of what you're expecting, what you want. Because ultimately as well, if you're building an online program, an online business to meet financial um, targets that you've given yourself, and what money you want to earn, and it's not giving you that, then that probably tells you it needs to go up a little bit. So hopefully those things hasn't given you a yes or a no answer as usual, but um, it is on the it is on the kind of ceiling. Uh, sorry, the floor of what I'd say online coaching should be charged at. Anything to add? No, I don't think so. Um, I was just racking my brains into that process as well and. It's a difficult one because it's that's that's basically saying at 150 pound everyone needs the same so like does everyone need the same frequency of check-ins does everyone need a monthly review so i would have that as your floor but if you feel that absolutely everyone needs weekly check-ins and a monthly review then that's when i would potentially put that time that, that revenue up because of the time um, very similar to one-to-one -one coaching. What we don't want to do is change products and then just have a set price for everything. Like some people are going to need more, some people are going to need less. And we've got to have that like floor and ceiling of our pricing, even if it's online or for one-to-one, -one, because that's your time, man. Like how, how valuable is going back through goals every single month? Think about if you did it for your businesses as well and, and you had someone challenge you on that, not challenge you, but you know what I mean? It's questions. Um, get you to think deeper. That's a very valuable session. Uh, so don't devalue it is all I'm saying. Apart from that, no, all good. Currently on PTFC at Pure Gym, what makes, what markers do you decide to go on to event or a smaller gym with less time commitments? Uh, this is a really good question actually, because I'm sure there's a lot of people who watch and listen to this in a similar boat. Um, I think first of all, um, being being mega clear on your your budgets and your metrics and your forecasts and going right. Well, the pure gym rent is I don't know five hundred six hundred pound a month. I'm guessing the standard one is these days, but um, five hundred sixty uh, six hundred pound a month. Like how far like, do I need? two or three months evidence of me hitting that consistently um, that I can afford to kind of drop them hours and go straight on to rent. So I would say probably have a bit of a safety net of say, 
I think two months is enough because I think sometimes it can hold you back waiting any longer. Um, I think from the person who's asked this question, I wouldn't concern. I'd be worried in the slightest of making that move from what I understand of you and your business and seeing the metrics on the check-in every week perfectly, if I'm being perfectly honest, because there's always a consistent flood of leads. Um, so I think revenue, so I would make sure I'm clearing the revenue for consistently for a couple of months and then probably take the plunge. I would make sure that I have a consistent volume of leads coming in um, that aren't just relying on the hours that Pure Gym give you. So either obviously a lot of PTs rely on classes and if you're not going to take them anymore, then you need to make sure that you've got a little bit of consistency in your lead generation. So there's some coming from online, email, I know you've got a YouTube channel, um, all of that type of stuff. So you've got consistent leads coming in. And honestly, um, apart from that, I think personally, I think I would take the plunge. I would probably also look at like average client life and go, right, well, my average client is staying with me for three months. So I know I've got that safety net slightly of my retentions half decent. Um, so yeah, they'd be the three things, but probably being a bit directive, but I, I think you're in a position or from what I know from the outside looking in to be able to make that plunge without kind of second guessing yourself. Um, regards to the smaller gym, that's always a more difficult step. I think people see it as a natural progression, which you could argue it is, but with these commercial gyms these days, making their gyms into like, they're, like, they're making them into like mini training gyms. Um, you can wear your own uniform. Once you're on rent, you can go in and in your own time and all of that type of stuff. Like, if I was in a commercial gym now, the appeal to go to a training gym or a private gym or a small gym would be less because the gym's kit is amazing in most commercial gyms. Um, I can wear my own clubber. Um, I can manage my own schedule. You don't get bothered that much. You can probably have a say in the club operation sometimes if you go, yeah, I just, I don't think the appeal is there as much as it used to be. Um, but people still do that natural progression. And the pool of leads that you get from staying within a pure gym with 5,000, 6,000 members is unbelievable. So yeah, that would be my advice. Anything you'd add to that, Nick? No, just have a bit of a <coughs> go back. It's a good time as well. You know, you're halfway through the year. <clears throat> Definitely go back through, you know, the last six months of, of monthly reviews. Look at what's happened on a month-to-month -month basis. Get a good understanding of what's happened in your business so you've got a firm grasp on those metrics and mentioned. Um, and goal set, you know, what's the extra time going to give you? I think that's a big thing. In, um, yeah, just get some clear, defined goals and motivation behind why you're doing it, and that will probably take away any ambivalence that you might have about going going on rent or whatnot. Wicked, good one, good question. Um, <clears throat> for a lot of my clients, the main thing holding them back from their desired results is how they spend their weekends. I'm very much an everyday in moderation guy and I don't enjoy, no, I don't, I don't think I have the right to tell people what to eat, drink or do in their spare time. You know that sorting out their diet and drinking during the weekends would help them towards their desired goals. I know they are probably enjoying being able to go out again after being in and out of lockdown, but do you have any other tips for how I can support them without being patronising? Good question, man. 
Yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, it's all about, with this, it's all about self-reflection, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's all about getting them to kind of weigh up what they're wanting to achieve while working with you, what they want to achieve when they're going out on the weekend and the importance of those two different things and how that's going to create conflict a little bit. And it is because they're, they're obviously working with you because they want to achieve a health and fitness goal, weight loss, feel better, blah, blah, blah. But then on the flip side, they obviously want to go out, enjoy, socialize. Um, it, and, and those two things will probably clash in with conflict. So I think it's definitely about, you're right, not patronizing, but kind of using the opportunity in the monthly reviews to kind of position these two opposing um, times in their week, which are kind of clashing a little bit. And ultimately, creating some self-reflection and just helping them to kind of, maybe it's adapting what you do Monday to Friday to help manage the weekend. Maybe, you know, although presenting those and creating some um, opportunities for solutions on how they can manage that weekend, I would definitely not say, and I know you wouldn't suggest taking it away or drinking to be different or whatever. I think you've got to, there's a whole load of solutions and, different ways that they can manage that. Um, but you've got to create the scenario for them to kind of um, have that self-reflection <clears throat> to be open to, to those suggestions. So yeah, I'd kick that, I'll kick off with that, mate, definitely from the reviews, definitely working on that. And also definitely having that, um, creating that awareness of you know, that, oh, yeah, just basically that ambivalence towards it. Um, that's going to be a difficult thing, but I think working through it, creating that self-reflection is the first stage, the very first stage, um, realigning with their goals. And that opens up different, different options and methods that you can help them with managing that, that weekend. But also I think realize that that's probably going to be more short term than maybe longer term Anything else? I think the only thing that I would add to it is that obviously I know the majority of what you do now for the question is the majority of that is online uh, and in this scenario and situation it can become quite difficult and this is where I hate the saying because I say it a lot and it fucking annoys me because it needs context, but this is where you need to meet the person where they're at. Um, and it's really important, going off of what Nick just said the monthly reviews, that I suppose you understand how they're measuring their success and you'll get that from your check-ins and so on. Now, once you understand how they're measuring success, if they're not meeting their own expectation. This is when you have to come in as a coach and start to ask open-ended questions to get them self-reflecting, like Nick's just said. So they're starting to self-reflect on, right, well, my level of success is, let's say, I wanted to lose a pound a week scale weight and I'm not doing that. Okay, cool. Why do you think that is happening? It's my weekends. Okay. Talk to me a little bit more about how you feel that we could get around that. And this is where, for me, the beauty of 
where the beauty of face-to-face -face coaching comes in because you can get to have these conversations quite often. Now, I know that doesn't help you, but this is where I would probably be booking them in and having a bit of a chat, either on the review or after a weekly check-in and use kind of a motivational interviewing style conversation where you could get them to self-reflect and go and start to solve their own issues. Now, the reason I say that is because essentially when you are online coaching and when you're in coaching in general, they're buying the result, aren't they? And if they're not getting that result, we want to try and help them and retain them in the business. Now, the way you communicate to each person needs to be different because they're going to have different personality types and all of that type of stuff. That's why I meant meet them where they're at. So having that sit down with them, having that chat with them over Zoom or whatever to talk through it helps you understand because there might be some of them that go, yeah, I needed that kick up the ass or I need to be told. What, what do you think I should do, Andy? It's like, you tell me what you think I should do. And you can go, right, well, the best option is, is if that's going to carry on and what's your social calendar like over the next month, right? You're going out three times, right? This is what I would recommend. Do you feel that that's okay? What could get in the way? How could we overcome that? And it's them types of conversations because some of them will want you to do that. And some of them will have to sit back and ask the questions. So this is where we have to become a coach more than ever. And I think that them types of conversations with the individuals on their own, coupled with if this is a theme throughout your business at the minute, doing a mini series of webinars in the client group of how to overcome, how to get over it, um, best ways to, to support them with it, then I don't think that'll do any harm either because you can signpost them to it. It might be in and around kind of how it affects them at first. It might be around motivation. It might be around how they manage calories, all of that type of stuff. Um, so yeah, there's tons that you can do. Um, but still, I think that face-to-face -face chat with the individual um, needs to happen in most cases. Any advice on client referrals, please take it online clients again soon. So planning a referral scheme for current clients, is it best to reward for signups only? You've seen my referral campaign that I used to do as a PT. I keep posting them in here. I think I dressed up as Tinky Winky and sold 30. I'd done referral campaign for 30 tickets, that one. I've dressed up as Buzz Lightyear and that was like a show at the Lowry or something like that. Fucking hell. And then I'd done a giraffe for Chester Zoo for a family ticket. So you don't do what I did unless you want to look a complete swat. Um, so the reason, listen, the reason why I used to do that is because it was a lot more competitive then back in the day and it used to just help me stand out and I used to couple that up with a bit of a charity thing at the same time. Um, but my message off the back of it is if you're going to do a referral scheme, you need to go all in on it. A lot of PTs just throw it out there to the clients go, oh, if you get someone to sign up, then um, you get X amount of sessions free or you'll get a session free or you get that. It's not it's not a big enough incentive to get people to um, to get them to refer to you. So I think, first of all, you need to get them to shout and scream about you because they get you get an amazing results. That's the most important thing. Um, so without that, they're not going to shout and scream about you. So I'm sure you're getting that, doing that already. So that needs to be your primary aim. I think when you are doing a referral scheme, it should be seen as like an internal marketing campaign. So you run it for, I don't know, four weeks, you build up to it, you tell people about it. Um, you've probably gone out to your clients first and maybe asked them if there was a referral campaign or scheme, what would interest them? And I would have multiple choice. I would also throw quite a bit of money at it, if I'm dead honest, if you want people to react well to it. Um, I've Like when I used to throw... Like my, 
mine at that point was 150 pound per quarter, right? Um, and because that was 50% more or less at that point as well of my average client value. Um, so I was like, I was obviously fine enough to kind of put that in, knowing I was going to get some referrals out of it. So throw quite a bit of dough at it, so throw quite a bit of money at it. Um, have multiple choice for them to pick on a survey. So you've got, I don't know, if you train females, you might do, it might be a spa weekend, it might be a weekend away for two, it might be a meal out. Like that's really valuable, especially if people have got kids. Like if you paid 60, 70, 80 pound for a voucher of a restaurant and they could go and take the partner having a break from the kids. Like make it highly valuable, in my opinion, and throw quite a bit of money at it. Build up to it over three, four weeks. And personally, like, get the volume of referrals from them. So let's say you get 10 to 20 and if only three or four sign up off the back of it, oh, is there an argument to say that it's a difficult one because I used to treat it as the only people who qualified was the people who signed up with me for a minimum of three months. So that might have been left with only three or four people in the end. Um, so I would agree that it's probably best to reward for the last. So let's say you've got 10 clients who give you 20 people and there's only uh, two or three clients that sign up that are related to two or three different people. And there's only two or three left in the hat that you pull out at the end. Um, so yeah, that's how I would go about it. But you have to go it all in on it, in my opinion. Anything you'd add, Nick? No, no, I agree with all points. I think I definitely agree with um, with using this as a big push, I definitely agree with signups in some conditions that sign up. And it also relates to the, the what you're investing into the referral um, prize, whatever that is. If you're spending a couple hundred quid, you want a good return, don't you? Yeah, a million percent. <coughs> Nicole's got a question for us in the chat. I have my first Zoom session tonight for one of my clients. Do you have any tips to help me prepare? It's not something I've done before. Uh, I'll let you tell that one, mate. Yeah, I think um, uh, well, okay. So first of all, I think make sure they know camera angles and setting up the camera, etc., and for yourself as well, just so you can see them they can see you, um, that's the first thing. Um, second thing I think is works really well is putting the workout they're gonna do onto, onto the screen so you can talk them through it um, or literally have it there in the corner for them. Um, that's the second thing. Third thing I think is, um, if you're going through, if, you're, if you've broken that training session down into blocks of warm-up, main session, or whatever, whatever, think have have a timer on where the where the timer goes off. That'll just help with queuing and keeping you on track. I think that's important. Um, yeah, those are probably the top three things I'd say. Yeah, that's a shout. The program on the screen is a shout because it can become from a lot of the guys that we've obviously we've talked about this loads over the past year or so. Um, 
it's easy sometimes to get just in a bit of a chat and a natter because they're in their own home and it's comfortable to them and so on. But if, if they've got visibility of what the session is, what's next, how they're going to do it, all of that stuff, that's that's huge. Um, so it's been, yeah, that's been really good for them. The timer as well, again, stops them messing about because a lot of the guys were saying that because they're in their own home, it might be, I don't know, a distraction of someone's coming to the door for a parcel, someone they need they're going off to the toilet, X, Y, Z, they're like, I saw a house out, or genuinely, these are some of the things that used to come up. So just being aware of that, that they know for 30, 45 minutes, that's a set time to work out, that's the session. These are the time periods and you treat it very much like a coaching session in the gym. Um, yeah, and that's about it. I wonder if that's going to be one of the last questions we get asked about that now, about Zoom coaching. Do you reckon it'll stay? Deal. Um, Right, that's all the questions, I think, mate, unless I've missed any. No, good. All good. Right, happy days. Um, I think we'll fling this one on the podcast so people who've missed it then obviously can listen it back on the podcast. Lots of really, really good things coming into the group. Obviously, we've got the roundtable stuff that we're going to announce the dates um, soon, very soon. So you'll know about the dates for if you're a one-to-one -one PT, We'll all get together, share a bit of best practice. If you're an online coach, predominantly, we'll do the same for you. If you're a gym owner, we'll do the same for you. So it'll be three separate sessions. So that's something good to look forward to as well. Um, apart from that, I think we're... Um, Gary's just put Zoom will never die. <laughs> oh boy. Um, apart from that, um, I think we're done. Good with that. We will see you very soon. Cheers, guys. You know, I know.